Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day every season. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back to Tell Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can listen on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanez podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen well, anytime you would like to, just uh, search to tell Nuanas and then subscribe to it. Then you don't have to search for it anymore. It'll just come to you. Rate, review, subscribe, all that. We appreciated the podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Sports Center brought to us by Aaron Pignano of Exit Realty. You want to call 361-3688 is the phone number, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that number as well. Somebody guessed eight points for Paul George last night. No, he did get in double digits, 10. Uh, 3613688, by the way, uh, if you want to call or text. Coulter, it is time for our ESPN roundtable. Uh, the roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And this week uh, is is pretty cool, Coulter. We had an opportunity to go down to uh, Lady Grizz practice yesterday and speak with Naya Morris-Nelson and Lauren Mills. And if those names are unfamiliar to you, well, they won't be for long. Uh, these are two Australian-born players. They are the first two ever international scholarship players in the history of the Montana Lady Grizz basketball team. And we know that the numbers were low and the coaching change was made and that there was a lot of, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of difficulty, upheaval within the program, trying to get things sorted out uh, and uh, and Coach Petrino and his staff they have done a really admirable job of going out and recruiting kids and finding kids you know in some in some ways in some places that traditionally has not been done at the University of Montana and then 
You go and you get these two kids, both of whom, uh, by the way, transfer into the University of Montana as juniors. Uh, Nia Morris Nelson is a true junior, and Lauren Mills is a redshirt junior. Both, though, uh, eligible this season. The eligibility for for, uh, Lauren Mills was cleared, and so she's uh, available to play. We'll not have to sit down, and we'll have two years then of uh, eligibility with the University of Montana. And uh, great to talk to. Uh, Obviously, very fun. We, We have only got to see, I mean, we got to see him make a couple of layups, right? I mean, I haven't seen any actual basketball out of this team and, and what they're going to ultimately be and uh, and produce. But to get some kids, I think one thing that, uh, that Coach Petrino was worried about is there's some 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 good veteran, great veteran players on this team. You got Abby, you know, Sophia Styles, and so on. And then some freshmen, some, some young kids coming in, but there was not much in the middle, you know, and you got to have – you know, uh, a, a good group all the way through, you know, to sit there for practice situations, obviously for depth and games and things like that. And so I think they feel really good about that in general. And these two are a big part of that. The, well, the biggest storylines and concerns about this team over the last several years has just been their health. They've had so many mm. injuries. And uh, just from watching practice yesterday, just for the brief moment that I did, I know the season's obviously not starting for several months, but um, it was reported that Sophia Styles had had off-season surgery. She was seemed to be warming up just fine. Abby Anderson reportedly had off-season surgery. She, she seemed to be warming up just fine. And Maddie Schoening has gone through a variety of health issues. She's been a really good, scrappy player for Montana when she's healthy. She seemed to be warming up relatively fine as well. And then the other note, in terms of the roster, Kelly Frolich, a little Sentinel product, she once upon a time entered the NCAA transfer portal, but she was back Back out at practice, so it looks like she has been welcomed back to the team after the uh, debacle that was the parting ways with Shannon Schwain. Finally, the dust settled. Uh, but I, it's going to be an interesting season for Montana because they are going to have to rely on some freshmen. They're going to have to have a couple players that were highly regarded when they recruited them and have shown flashes, really step up into big roles, namely Styles and Anderson. And uh, they're also going to have to rely on some really new players that maybe aren't freshmen but are transfers, just like Nia Morris Nelson and. Um yeah, and Lauren Mills. And Lauren Mills, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, great to. Great chance to talk to them, though. Enjoyed it very much, and uh, I think you will too, because this is a uh, there's a little bit of basketball in here, but there's a little bit of other. Get your geography hats on, boys and girls. All right, so enjoy our ESPN roundtable again, presented by Paradise Falls. Lauren Mills and Naya Morris Nelson. Well, we're down here at Lady Grizz practice and help, happy to be joined by, are you ready for this? Not one, but two and the first two international scholarship basketball players in the history of the University of Montana women's basketball program, Naya Morris Nelson and Lauren Mills, both from the Southern Hemisphere, but I won't make the mistake of saying you're both from Australia because by God, Tasmania is not Australia. Am I right? No. <laughs> no, I'm not right, or no, I am right? No, Tasmania is a state in Australia, but we're not connected physically, I guess you could say. So when you say, where are you from, you're not saying Australia. Is that right? You're saying Tasmania, or are you saying both? Really, I could, I switch it up, but I would usually say Australia. Um, but yeah, sometimes I say Tasmania, Australia as well. Well, let's go to the mainland because now do you want to take Tasmania on and accept it? Or is it because she's standing here that you're going to say yes? Or how does that go? Um, I wouldn't accept Tasmania, but I think because I like Lauren, I'll accept Lauren. (laughs) 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 But yeah, she's from Australia. 
Lauren, being in America, do people have a hard time like knowing where Tasmania is? I think some people might get it confused with Tanzania. Think maybe Africa. So I mean, how do you define it for people when you're so far away from home? Yeah, that actually has been an issue. I remember one time ESPN actually um, published Lauren Mills Tanzania one time. <laughs> so I had to correct a few people. But yeah, I mean, it's a common mistake. They both sound the same. So I'm happy if the mistake happens, I'm happy to just quietly correct them. ESPN doesn't know what they're doing. That much we know for sure. We're still lost enterprise of drift in the world. Um, it's interesting because you're both from, okay, Australia. You both go play basketball in Iowa, uh, but don't know each other. Two different schools, obviously Iowa State, Iowa Western, and then you both end up with the, the Lady Grizz. Was it odd to see the parallels of your lives just all of a sudden come together in Missoula, Montana, of all places? Uh, yeah, it definitely was, and I think it's even more crazy just how well we click. Like, a lot of our teammates already say, like, they wouldn't have thought we wouldn't have known each other just of how close we are already, but yeah. I would say the same thing. As soon as I saw Naya was playing in Iowa West and I couldn't believe how close we were and that we both, without even speaking one word to each other, decided to uh, transfer to the same school. And like Naya said, we're getting along so well that um, everyone assumes that we've known each other for much longer than just over a month. Naya, what do you think of Montana so far? I honestly love it. Like, I've been to Texas and then I came to, I went to Iowa, but Montana is definitely different. Just the scenery is, like, breathtaking. And I think where I live is more beach, so coming to a more mountainside and, yeah, it's it's awesome. I've never experienced something like it. What about you, Laura? I love being around the mountains and I'm from Hobart, Tasmania is uh, where my home is and we, the city that um, I live in is right underneath the mountains so having the mountain and the river in Missoula almost reminds me of home a little bit so I really get a sense of comfort living here. It's also interesting though because you're from Gold Coast right Australia so both of you are on the sea too right and I mean life on the ocean is is a very distinct thing especially for us landlockers do you do you miss that aspect of it? I definitely miss it but I'm starting to get used to Montana life so I think just how much I'm enjoying it here I'm not missing it that much anymore. Yeah, I think being around water is something that I've always loved and something that I've always known. But just getting to change the pace a little bit and be around the mountains, uh, I'm really enjoying. Lauren, there's been, like Ryan said, no international players ever played for the Lady Grizz, but there's been a, actually a pipeline of Australian guys that have played for the Men Grizz. People around the athletic department have been around people making the transition to Montana. Have you talked to any of them about what life was like for some of the other Aussies that have come here? Um, definitely. Every time I go home and I get to go and watch some of my teammates play, I'm always talking to them and answering questions and really just selling college basketball to them because I think it's an experience that any young basketball Australian player that wants to go to the next level, I think college basketball is the way to do it. When you're coming internationally, and in this instance from Australia, what's the process like of trying to go overseas and to the United States? It has a very unique college basketball culture. Like, it doesn't exist like this almost anywhere else in the world, right? I don't even... I think it is a long process. You know, we have to get all these paperworks like just together to be able to get accepted into coming into a different country. We have to get our visa and everything sorted. And then I think just transferring over to college life is completely different. You're busy 24-7. But it's also something like college isn't for everyone, but I think it's definitely for me because the busy schedule is, I love it. It's something that I need, but yeah. 
Yeah, I think arranging the just the process of being able to come to the US is quite big for Australians. I know a lot of them with COVID at the moment maybe are stuck because they haven't been able to arrange their visas and whatnot. But yeah, I think just really just communication is key. Making making sure you're talking to your coaches and even scouts that help us to get our schools that are interested in us is really important. Now, how would you define what the basketball you? grew up playing. I mean, how, how, is it different than the American game or is it the same? What defines Australian style basketball? Ooh. Huh? Yeah. I think... Make more points than the other team, Coulter. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just get the ball in the basket. But, um... <laughs> I think the difference between American and Australia is the speed. It's it's so much quicker here, I think. Uh, I think Australia, it's really set plays in what you're doing. So, yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, bas- American basketball is a lot quicker, a lot more intense. And just the at- atmosphere as well. You get so many fans just watching you, and I think that's a really big thing. But, yeah. Lauren, you're in the Big 12 at Iowa State. You come here to the University of Montana, but the – the, the Lady Grizz basketball team has as storied and as long a history as just about any place in, in the country. What have you learned about that, and, and what was your impression of the University of Montana from a women's basketball standpoint that, that said, yeah, this is where I want to go? Definitely the feeling. There's two things that stuck out to me, and the first one being a college town um, in Missoula. I just love the atmosphere and the community of a college town. And secondly, uh, the fan base um, is something that, you know, in the big sky, it's number one. And who wouldn't want to play um, on this court right now in front of all those fans? And just having that support, it's something that you really take for granted. And playing against a team that has such a fan base as we do, it's challenging and people don't want to play here. And that's something that really stuck out to me. And I, the junior college route, I mean, Kansas junior college basketball is that comp- as competitive as anywhere in the country. What was that experience like playing in Iowa, Kansas, and all around Texas? It's one of the most competitive leagues in the country. Well, Iowa and Kansas being close to each other, oh, kind right. of bouncing yeah, around, yeah. right? Bordering yeah, yeah. states. Um, I'm sorry, can you ask me that? Again? I mean, what, what, what was the junior college experience like for you? I mean, there's a lot of girls that are trying to make it to this level, so it's, it's definitely an interesting di- dynamic. What did you think of that whole experience? I think going the JUCO route was probably the best decision I made. It definitely taught me, you know, my, my freshman season was one of the toughest seasons I had, but I think I'm thankful that I did it because it taught me, like, a tough mentality. And just and then going on my, se- uh, my sophomore season, I think the biggest thing was having the type of coaches I had at Iowa. They just constantly support, had my back, and they wanted me to be better and they wanted me to succeed in things. So I think that was just a really big thing. And then coming to Montana... One of the biggest things is the coaches at Montana that, you know, I think it's a big thing to have coaches that treat you the exact way they treated you when they were recruiting you. You know, the same type of love, even when you're on the court, they don't change how they were from the start. And I think that's a really big thing as well. And Lauren, for you, I mean, the experience of of the basketball side of this, I know you've only been here a month and I know everything's weird right now, right? You haven't played a game, but what what has your impression been as you've just been a few weeks and gotten to practice and meet the rest of your teammates and all that? I think we started off really great as a team. Um, We've only had been able to practice together as a full team for a few weeks now, but just the competitiveness is something we're really working on at the moment and we're really challenging each other in practices. And I'm seeing individuals stand out and collectively we're standing out. And that's only just been helped and exaggerated even further by the support of the coaching staff and just their energy as well on the court. Last question for you. What's your favorite store in the United States to shop at? Uh, definitely Walmart. <laughs> 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 
First of all, you can go wrong. You have gone wrong. Why Walmart? Why is that the one? I think in Australia we don't have Walmart and just coming here and seeing Walmart, it has everything. I could go there and maybe I want to get like just juice from Walmart and I'll leave with like a shopping cart full of just everything. That's why the Wall family's the richest family in the world, right? They walk in for juice, you leave with a television and now you spend a thousand dollars. What about you, Lauren? Are you a Walmart or two? Oh, you know, I have to say yes. Nora and I have spent many hours strolling the aisles and coming out, just spending a lot of money that we probably shouldn't be spending. But I'd have to say close second is Target, too. You can't go wrong with Target. Oh, yeah, it's definitely different compared to Australia, the yeah. Target. Is there an R in Target? No. No. <laughs> I mean, it's too good. There is no R in Target, but evidently there is one in No. Nar. 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 <laughs> we need to take these poor ladies to Rock and Rudy's or something. Yes. Betty's yes. Divine. I don't know. There, there, there are multiple there's other a lot. options. In fact, in Missoula, there's more probably options per capita of sweet stores that aren't Wally Box World. stars. Uh, you know, anywhere in the country. I think, I think Rock and Rudy's, too. If you're just, I mean, they're amazed at the sheer number. I think there's more actual items for purchase in Rock and Rudy's than in any box store in America. I mean, has there I mean, ever it's been Ameri- a place amazing. that sells more things you want that you don't need? That you didn't, and that you didn't know that this. That you oh. didn't even know you wanted it. You definitely don't need it, but damn, you're gonna spend your money. So it's it's. I mean, but some of the stuff you do need. I need a shirt that says Oroi Plata. Done. I gotta have it. You know what I mean? True. So, I also do need. My incense, so I can do my meditations and, and I, spirits. With my free cars, I still need CDs. <laughs> like I gotta I, I, have them. I gotta have them. So one of the best. Yeah, it's the way you. to go. Uh, this has been our ESPN roundtable. Fun to talk to them, man. Fun, fun to talk to those two. And we'll have some more uh, Lady Grizz on here, and I, I uh, we hope to get some coaches as well uh, on the show here in in coming days and weeks. Uh, but but fun to sort of get the first base touch of the new look Lady Grizz and what, what where we're at here heading into the 2020-2021 season uh, and uh, and the new the new recruits, the new transfers I guess as it were, and especially the international flavor there. Very cool. I actually really look forward to having some of the, the actually all three Lady Grizz assistants in here because I yeah. think that uh, I think you'd actually be hard pressed to find a Division One program where all three assistant coaches are uh, alumnus of the the program that they're coaching. Obviously, Nate Coville played for the men's basketball team, but still three former Grizz on the staff. Yeah. And you know, Jordan Sullivan and Jay Sanderson both during their time, not only were they great players, but they were beloved by the fan base as mm-hmm. well. And I think there's just unique perspectives. I mean, Jay Sanderson came here as a walk-on who was originally supposed to play volleyball and then became an all-league player. Uh, Jordan Sullivan, I mean, one of the richer family lineages you can have. The sure. daughter of Robin Selvig's sister. And so I think that there's some fun stories to be had there. I have no idea what the Lady Girls are going to be like this year in terms of results, but they are absolutely going to be interesting because it is a 100% new team. I mean, you have yeah. a couple familiar faces, but you don't have your your engine that makes it go in Mackenzie Johnson. You have a variety of new faces, whether they're transfers or freshmen. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of intriguing storylines regardless of what the results are. Uh, this has been our ESPN Roundtable. It is presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls 
Talk about variety. They got everything. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. They're open early. They're open late. They're open everything in between. Got a great new menu. 18 rotating beer tap handles inside, outside, gazebo, patio. You can even go down there and get a little action going, right? There's some sports wagering happening uh, at the uh, Paradise Falls as well. But Coulter, all four. Major North American sports are in full swing, whether it's playoffs, whether it's the the run to uh, October in Major League Baseball, and obviously week two coming up in the NFL as well. Everything you need at Paradise Falls. Just cut the track with Mr. Sean Rainey, Make It Rainy podcast, so stay tuned for that. We will uh, have that out as soon as possible. Get our NFL picks against the spread like we always do. That podcast proudly presented by Paradise Falls. They do have the Montana Sports Bet app, so or Sports Bet app capabilities as well as the Montana Sports Bet app machine. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Paradise Falls if you want to make any wagers, particularly on the NFL. It's really fun. But it's a great place to watch the NFL because you can go hook up some breakfast before the 11 o'clock games, go have some lunch in between the 11 o'clock and the 2 o'clock games, go have a little happy hour before the evening game, or just have some dinner and even stay for a late happy hour after the nighttime game as well on Sunday night. Go check out the NFL at Paradise Falls. But also, if you need any place to watch high school sports, particularly football Friday nights, they got the MHSA feed going there as well. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Change is constant. And nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Back to Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio. The Battle of L.A., not so much. Nuggets, Lakers, Western Conference Finals. By the way, we didn't even get to the fact that the Heat came back in a game that Boston looked like they had in hand. And a game that looked like Jason Tatum was going to slam home a game-tying dunk. And uh, no, Noonan. Noonan, Bam. The man's name is Bam. Of course he's going to make a – that was as clean and as sick a block as I've seen. And I'm only bummed because that would have been as legit a dunk as I've seen. How tall is Jason Tatum? Six foot eight. He is six eight, bro. He's a big man. He's bigger than people think. Uh, all right, Coulter. You uh, asked me in the first hour, is Doc Rivers overrated? Uh, I don't know if he's overrated, but I think the question is a fair one. Uh, he has won a championship, uh, and so he deserves credit for that. He's also coached teams that underachieved and and significantly underachieved multiple times. I don't know where I'm at with Doc Rivers. I don't feel like I certainly have any sort of expertise 
in terms of deciphering the X's and O's and different, you know, things along those lines to sit here and start rating coaches as such, especially in the NBA. But when you talk about results and overachieving expectations and underachieving expectations, he has been the head coach of a number of teams who have underachieved expectations. And that uh, is a moniker that I think is, is, uh, is squarely on his shoulders at this moment in time. When, when, Teams win based on strategy, by and large, like the Toronto Raptors did this year, the Miami Heat are doing right now, the Celtics to a certain extent. And make no mistake, I mean, the Heat have a top 15 player in Jimmy Butler and a couple other emerging stars in uh, Bam Adebayo and, and Tyler Hero. And, the and Celt- Dragic. I and mean, and Dragic, Dragic was, was an all-NBA player once upon a time in his time as Phoenix. And obviously the Celtics have a couple of the best young players in the entire league as well. But those teams, they do win based off of the strategic element of coaching more than a lot of teams in the league. But as we know throughout most of NBA history, the most important factor for a head coach is not what he draws up on the board during a timeout. It's galvanizing, motivating, inspiring, and making sure his superstars don't implode. That's what it is. Because the best players in basketball are more important than any other sport. That's my biggest knock on guys like Mike D'Antoni and Doc Rivers. When your best players have to play their best for you to win the game and they show up and they don't, and it's not a functionality thing, but it's an inspiration thing, that to me is a referendum on you. Yeah, I I, uh, I think there's I think there's legitimacy to that. I also you can't, if you're the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, you cannot let Paul George do what he did last night. But also, you, you know have what? to slap him. Paul George can't let Paul George. I 100 percent agree, I mean, man. But if he's really doing that, you should bench him because you got other dudes. Yeah, like Paul George playing like he played last night is not better than Lou Williams. Oh, at all? No. Ride with Lou. Yeah, Give Montrez Harrell more of a chance. Don't let Paul George go four for eighteen or whatever he wants. I will say, I think Game Seven last night was such a product of Games Five and Six. You know, it, it's it's two games that the Clippers should have won. I mean, they were up sixteen and they were up nineteen in those two games, uh, and and lost them. And then you come into Game Seven and it's like, oh man, you know, now all the pressure is on the Clips and they have this this we shouldn't even be in this situation sort of feeling about it. And even though they were up double digits in this game as well, I think they were up 12 in the second quarter. When it was tied at halftime, you go, oh, my goodness, look at this thing. And they just got steamrolled, man, in the second half. I mean, just got just got run right out of the gym. So so, so, that's where we're at. to, To parlay this exact same analysis to the Nuggets, the Clippers bullied, harassed, and made life miserable for Jamal Murray for the first four games of this series. It was the absolute key factor. You asked me when the Clippers were or when the Nuggets were down three one. Mm-hmm. What do the Nuggets need to do? And I said it's one hundred percent on Jamal Murray. Can he emerge from this box that the Clippers have put him in? Can he fight back when they're knocking him off the spot? Can he find a new spot and make shots? He did it. So much credit goes to Jamal Murray for that, but also so much credit goes to Mike Malone for that. Because that's what a coach in the NBA is. Mm-hmm. Keep your guys up. They did. There was a great montage that somebody just posted on Twitter. It's a cut-up of Steve Kerr and Steph Curry over the last several seasons. And the, the whole caption of the tweet was, you don't always have to berate your player. Sometimes instilling confidence is the key. And it's just this montage of all the things that Steve Kerr has said to Steph Curry over the years. Mm. Talking him up. 
You know, when he's when he's missing shots, tacking him up. When he's making shots, making sure that's reinforced. And that's what head coaching is in the NBA. And I'm not saying it all has to be galvanizing. It all has to be positive. You have to. It's personality analysis. Yes, right. That's where Phil Jackson was the greatest because he knew how to keep Michael Jordan motivated and keep Scottie Pippen motivated. And when Scottie Pippen sitting over here throwing a fit, Phil Jackson also had the onions to say, Scotty, you're sitting on the bench. Tony Kukoc is going to shoot the shot. Yeah. And that's what that's what coaching is in the NBA. I love Doc Rivers. I love his presence in the NBA. I think he's an unbelievable figurehead, a great leader, such a important figure. As an African-American head coach in the city of L.A., and everything he stands for, what he's gone through in his life as a former player with the perspective that he has, he's an unbelievably important person. But you have to just wonder if his time with the Clippers is drawing nigh just because they have new ownership. They are all in on spending whatever it takes to get over the top. I mean, to me, it's an easy decision because it is a absolutely no doubt make or break year for the Los Angeles Clippers next year. They mortgage the entire future of their franchise to win a championship this year or next year, period. They traded every draft pick for the rest of time to, to get these guys, and they have this roster. I, I don't think they need to tear it down. I think they need to run it back, but I think everybody in the organization needs to be under the same premise. Hey, this is it. We got th- This is championship or bust, period. There is no... The Clippers have never been to the conference finals. Yeah. So there is no, we're going to have the greatest season in team history by making it to the final four. No. You have the, the reigning finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. You have a first-team All-NBA player, at least from last year, in Paul George. You have the last two six-men of the year in the NBA in Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. And you have a coach of the championship. That's it. you got to run it back one more time. And if you don't win, you got to tear it down. Yeah. Let's talk Nuggets, though, because I want to talk about the Nuggets and what we watched last night. Do it. Watching watching game one of <laughs> of the Heat Celtics made me so happy because it it made the the it, it confirmed and affirmed to me dispatching some of the narratives that have existed in the post Michael Jordan era of the NBA. NBA superstars are selfish. That's still somewhat true. NBA teams don't play defense. That's not true. Look at what's happened in the bubble. It, the, the final eight teams, six of them were the best defensive teams in yeah, the league. I mean, I think we're past that. I, 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 I know, I know. But the Celtics-Heat series is a phenomenal throwback series. The point totals are obviously going to be insane because these guys are in the freaking NBA. They're the best offensive players ever. But the the chess match between Eric Spolster and Brad Stevens, the defensive adjustments, the effort, how many guys are selling out. I mean, Bam is emerging as one of my favorite players in the whole league. The guy has such an unbelievable motor. But it made me so happy to see two well-coached teams that don't fold, that play hard, the adjustments, going back at each other, clutch plays, clutch plays, and then this epic play by Bam at the rim to block Jason Tatum. It made me so happy. And then it made me even more happy to see what the Nuggets did. Because both all three of these franchises now, the Celtics, Heat, and Nuggets, are showing the rest of the league that you don't have to tank to win some LeBron James sweepstakes to be one of the four last standing teams in the NBA. You can draft. You can develop. You can form an internal core and build an awesome team. No one thought the Heat were going to be in this spot. No one thought, Definitely no one thought the Nuggets were going to be in this spot. But then watching the Nuggets... I always harp on this, but the art of the beautiful game is what makes basketball, to me, second to none in in terms of the consistency of the appeal of the spectacle. 
I understand the NFL is is by far and away the king. The once a week thing makes it such a communal event. The implementation of fantasy football and gambling and sports bars and commentary it, it, it's it's untouchable. But the chances that you're going to see an unbelievable play within an unbelievable game in the NBA playoffs it's the highest percentage of getting your money's worth. Well, it's it's I mean it's certain that you're going to see an unbelievable play. I mean, certainly certain. certain in football too, but certain, sure. it's in basketball. I think it's more readily identifiable in basketball because it is. I mean. Jason Tatum got absolutely sent home packing yes. last night. One of the great blocks in the history of the playoffs, man. It really was. But the play by Jason Tatum was phenomenal. Unbelievable, right. Right? And you go, my goodness, what a play that is. And then for Adebayo to be there to to, to completely flip the script in that moment was also, I mean, it was even more remarkable. But even the leader, the failed play was the was was an unbelievable play. You know, the like what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are doing with the Chiefs is mm-hmm. adding an element of improvisation to the professional football game that has never existed before. And right. that's going to be the thing that makes the NFL reach another level, I think. But when you're watching NFL teams just roll through people, it's about execution more than any other yes, thing. And right. that's awesome to watch. The, tr- the strategic element is so great. And the time and effort and playing for your teammates that goes into being able to do that. It's why we love the team element of football. But when you watch guys like Nikolai Jokic rolling, I mean, he's truly like what, what you would say for savants when they're in the flow songwriters talk about it a lot. Music composers. There is no strategy going on here. This guy, he's seeing the game at a different level. Yeah. He's destroying what's supposed to be the best defensive team in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. They have no chance. There was no timeout or adjustment Doc Rivers could make. Mm-hmm. I said it in the first hour, but when Nikolaj Jokic catches the ball in the high post and they run that sweet double-cut motion offense, he turns and faces and he starts attacking the defense. The rim protector comes out, Jokic is hitting one of those cutters with a bounce pass. If the guy doesn't come out, he's shooting a floater that's as silky as anybody you've ever seen. And if you do check the drive and cut off the baseline cutters, bam, you got Will Barton. I guess Will Barton's out right now, but you got Gary Trent, you got or Gary Harris, excuse me, or you know Jamal Murray in the corner for a three. The passing, the movement, the fortitude that it took to – I mean – The best thing I could say is that I think that there's been this overwhelming narrative of let's find the best ball-dominant guys, let's put them as the mechanism of the offense, let's shoot as many threes as we can, and when it's Steph Curry, it works. But that's the only team it's ever really worked for. In reality, though, I, I I loved Jokic's stat line last night. He only took 12 shots. He only scored 16 points. He utterly dominated the game. There was no doubt who was the person in the middle of the entire thing. I mean, 16 points, 22 rebounds. What do you have, 13 or 14 assists? Yep. Unbelievable. He is a transcendent and completely unique player. There's never been a guy like him. And I think it's so awesome to watch this international guy who was a second-round pick, who everybody thought was too fat to play in the NBA, just run roughshod over this super team. I just thought it was amazingly pleasant. And you also have to give a shout-out to Jamal Murray because what an unbelievable performance by him. That's right. Our, our new colleague. I mean, his, his turnaround, not even a turnaround, but like what well, is almost a running, but it was an end-of-the-shot-clock three. 
to me, was the dagger in the game. I mean, the, the Denver was rolling. I think they were up 12, but it's like they're up 12, five minutes to go, maybe four and a half, and he just hits this absurd three-pointer that puts them up 15, and you just go, well, that's it. Like, it's, it's not even just the three points and the 15-point lead or whatever, but it was the moment and the... It, it's, it gives the other team the opportunity to give up, to go, well, it's just not happening. It's just not our night. It's just a, it's just theirs. And that and they did. I mean, the, the, the Clippers completely rolled over. But also, the Nuggets rolled them over. You know? No I mean, it, 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 the, all these coins have two sides to them. Yeah, I mean, there's that sequence where he hit that shot, and then they had to steal into the fast break. And all of a sudden, you're like, how is this happening? The oh, Nuggets it was, are up 22. It was a, it was a blink. It was like an 8-10 point game, and the, you know, the Clippers were fighting. Doc's calling they, they were, they were and It was 18 too. points. They were fighting, too. They, I mean, they couldn't even decide who was going to inbound the ball because they were so mad at each other for not being able to rotate correctly defensively. It was an interesting situation. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, I want to take one more break uh, and come back to this, Coulter, because I want to just prepare uh, and set the table for Lakers Nuggets because the Lakers are going to be the overwhelming favorite in that series and, and reasonably so. Uh, but I thought the post-game interview that Jamal Murray and Jokic gave was uh, so refreshing to me and I loved everything about it and it, and it and it opened the window a little bit more to me for the Nuggets to just keep on with this upset central postseason they got going. We'll talk about it next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. They got to worry about us, too. A strong sentiment heading into the Western Conference Finals. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are uh, very happy to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Thanks for riding along with us, letting us ride along with you. We appreciate that very much. If you missed anything in the show, listen on the podcast. The 2 Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Pay attention to that thing. The podcast is available all the time, anytime, thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Also, I want to remind you, Grizz Great, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions it is out now as well. New episodes being released uh, regularly. Mike Agee, the next one, the offensive lineman for that Grizzly football team, going to be the next one up out later on this evening. We're pumped up about that. But go check it out. The whole series is is rolling. It's coming off the uh, uh, coming off the conveyor belt here, right? The factory line, and uh, we'll be coming bringing these things to you fast and furious. So we're excited about that, and uh, make sure you listen to Grizz Great's uh, uh, podcast series. We'll get that uh, rolling for you, uh, Coulter. I also uh, so last night, okay, after the uh, after the basketball game, Jokic, Jamal Murray were both being interviewed, and 
the final question was the obvious question, right? Well, now it's the L.A. Lakers. What do you think about this L.A. team? How do you think you match up? And Jamal Murray just goes, they got to worry about us too. And I thought it was such a great evening of the perspective you know, everybody's sitting here, you know, going, well, it's the Lakers, it's LeBron, it's Anthony Davis, it's, you know, uh, all of it. And, like, there's very good reason to sit here and go that, you know, the Lakers kind of drew the long straw maybe, thinking that it ain't going to be the Clippers now and and, uh, and and see how this thing goes. But for the Nuggets and for the team and the way they've played and what they've accomplished, you think they're afraid of the Los Angeles Lakers? Absolutely not. And Joker said, for us, it's simple. It's about it's about effort and having fun. That's it. That's all we need to do. We don't we don't worry about them. We don't think about them. If we think about them, we're not going to have a good night. We're not concerned, quote unquote, concerned with Los Angeles. Not because they're not good, because that's not how you go about it. That's not the pers- that's not the perception and the perspective that you have as a professional athlete. And Jamal Murray to just say, well, they got to worry about us too. Was I thought the right way to go like it just it just was like oh right yeah there's two teams here they're both really good that's why they're in the western conference finals so everybody want to keep sleeping on denver go ahead but i'm not gonna and i'm not saying i'm picking them but i'm just saying it's a very good team that is earned and deserves to be where they are matchups when you get to this round of the playoffs are so important jokic is so special because all of his deficiencies actually render all the things that would make him mismatched irrelevant. He's slow. He can't jump. That means Anthony Davis's foot speed and athleticism and length don't matter. They don't matter. It doesn't matter that Anthony Davis can beat Jokic to the spot because he'll go to a different spot because he sees it before you. Him being slow doesn't matter. You can't block his shot. He jumps three inches off the ground. It doesn't matter. Anthony Davis is not going to infect his shot. Yeah. That little turnaround fadeaway thing that he shoots on the bat. I mean, who's got that? Yeah. Him and Dirk, that's it. Yeah. That running off the wrong foot, like 12-foot baseline jumper Dude. that he made last night, he's like, what's, what when is he, when that? He, when he makes the double plod step and he's going <laughs> to shoot the floater, but he's so coordinated that he can turn it over into a one-handed pass to the corner. That yeah. I've never seen anything like that. There's yeah. never been a, a big guy like him that can pass like that. Now, it's still LeBron, and it's still AD. And that's the whole thing, is is you can talk about AD and Jokic. I think it's a draw, because I do think that AD can eat Jokic for lunch on the other side, but that's been the case throughout the play. I mean, even Montrezl Harrell can get his, get his against Jokic defensively. That's a wash. To me, this whole thing comes down to the wave that Denver can throw at LeBron and if it's effective whatsoever. It's Jeremy Grant. It's, you know, who I mean, who else do they have on the wing? Who They have the, the guy that wears the headband. I can't remember his name. But they have a variety of guys they could throw at him. I don't know if any of them have a chance, though, against LeBron. James. The um, the thing that I'm I'm wanting to see, or the thing that, that I, I like about this series is what we saw out of Paul George. Torrey Craig is who I'm thinking of as another guy that maybe uh, could get thrown on LeBron. We will never, ever, ever see out of LeBron James. If LeBron James loses a series, which is certainly possible, it ain't going to be because he, 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 he. It didn't work for him, and so he decided it wasn't his night or his series or whatever, and just kind of hung it up. Like he will only ever go out with his absolute best punch all the time, and that best punch is is 
in every way, the basketball side of it, but certainly the effort and the mental side of it. That is what is, I think, maybe one of the most impressive things to me about LeBron James is that night in and night out, and certainly playoffs in. Well, that ain't true. Playoffs in. For a longer duration, it is. Playoffs in and playoffs out, though. You can you can just take it to the bank that LeBron James is going to bring it, and and he's so good that him bringing it, it has turned into a consistent statistical model that it's always going to be twenty eight, twelve, and ten or something like something absurd like that, right? But but regardless, even if his shots not falling, even if it isn't his quote unquote basketball night, it is never not his mental night. It's never not his emotional night. It's never not his effort night. And uh, and that is, to me as a fan, the thing that you have to love the most about LeBron James. And certainly in a Western Conference Finals, they're not going to get the Paul George out of LeBron. You know, they're, it, it will never happen. And so uh, <laughs> anything that Denver does in this series, and we'll see what it turns out to be, any win they get, any positive thing that happens to them will be 100% earned and taken. It will not be given. All-NBA team came out this afternoon. The first team, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Second team, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Nikolai Jokic. And the third team, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, well-deserved, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert. The most striking note on this All-NBA team, though, is LeBron James' 16th appearance on the All-NBA team. That helps him pass... Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Tim Duncan for the most all-time. He has now been a first-team All-NBA selection 13 times, which is two more times than anybody in the history of the NBA. Consider this. This man has been on either first or second team All-NBA, one of the top 10 players in the National Basketball Association for 16 of the 17 years he's been in the league. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. not even possible, well, man. It's, it's possible because he's happened. proven it. But, I mean, I just I think that the longer this goes on, it's 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 defying what we thought was possible in terms of athletic endurance. Think of all his peers, man. Dwayne Wade is announcing. Carmelo Anthony's a shell of himself. Chris Bosh is retired. I mean, these guys are washed up and old after having Hall of Fame careers. And LeBron James is still the best player in the league. It's unbelievable. He is, um, I mean, he is, he is the... The utter, he he is the coming together of every good thing when it comes to professional athletics, right? I mean, he is he he is the God blessed physique, talent, you know, model that you hope drops from the sky. But also the self awareness to realize that and maximize it. The work ethic, the 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 lifestyle to pursue and be the best and to maximize all of those things. It's it's. Uh, that part of this, I think, probably is pre- unprecedented. It's unprecedented because the only real comparison is Carl Malone, but even Carl Malone had to completely remake his game. Mm-hmm. And he was still really good, but he started shooting that you know, 15-foot fallaway jumper from the baseline mm-hmm. instead of crashing the lane and driving to the rim. LeBron's still one of the biggest dunkers in the whole league. He's been in the league for 17 years. Yeah, He still hits his head on the rim on fast breaks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh... it, it, this, this Final Four, though, is going to be awesome. And I know we didn't give enough run here tonight to the... Heat Celtics, but damn, Jimmy Butler's a dog. I mean, they are so tough, man. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's so sweet. If there, if there was a team that, that you know, you know what happened here is Pat Riley's been in charge of personnel 
for the Miami Heat for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you have to give him so much credit because when he drafted Dwayne Wade, he formed the Miami Heat's identity around Dwayne Wade for the foreseeable future. And then obviously the addition of LeBron James. And they went away from what Pat Riley has been, had been, for so long. There was the Pat Riley Showtime era for sure. But then in the 90s, Pat Riley's teams were all about grit and toughness. And this Miami team is so much like those Knicks and, and Heat teams of the 90s. It, it looks... Just like Pat Riley, and I just love him. Yeah. Uh, last thing here. Did you see Zeke Elliott's new tattoo? The feed me tattoo? I mean. He is so annoying. <laughs> good ball player. He is good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You know what? Remarkably... I think we're I think we're in a baseball only evening tonight. Uh, I don't think there's an NHL game. There's no NBA game. So get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.